Welcome to episode seven of the Party Wagon Podcast, where we talk about all things TMNT, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Brendan, from the YouTube channel, Brendan's Rambles. And I'm Eric from the YouTube channel, Know You Grow Up. And in today's episode, we've both talked about this a lot already, but it's probably a pretty big deal for both of us. I feel like it's going to take up the bulk of this intro, but Super 7 is what we're going to open with. We're going to save the funner topic, Shredder's Revenge, for later, but... I've made two videos on this already. You've made a video on it. And honestly, it was pretty hard for me to not make more videos on it. But after two, I was like, all right, I'm just going to save the rest for the podcast where I just won't have to worry about editing or sticking to a certain time frame or anything. So we can really dive into it today. Um, There's a a lot, a lot to be said about this topic. Um, I guess before we jump into that, we'll just do what we haven't in a while done. uh, What have you been up to? So, I mean, I've been pretty busy with work, honestly. Um, and dude, so daylight savings kills me. I work at 5 a.m. and like I just have had a really hard time adapting lately. So, like, I've been taking naps when I come home after work, and I never usually do that. So, I'm having a hard time catching up just from daylight savings. But other than that, nothing. I've kind of gotten back to doing a little bit more videos and stuff like that, which has been nice. And I've started reading comics again, like outside of just like the couple that I get in my pull every week. Like, I've finally started reading again and just kind of rebalancing my life. Like, I feel like for a while, I was just kind of putting all my eggs in the YouTube basket and stuff like that. Now I'm kind of, I guess, just rebalancing and things. So, yeah. How about you, man? All right. Uh, I mean, I just chipped one of my fillings in my oh, mouth. Dude. Like, it broke. It's one of my old fillings from 2011 or something. It just broke. So, uh, that's that's a few hundred dollars I'm going to have to spend that I don't have. Right. <laughs> Which is more reason why I hate Holothon. But, yeah, other than that, I can't really complain. Uh, just a lot of work around the house this past week got new couches got new vacuum got nice. a bunch of new stuff so <laughs> Heck yeah but, good for you my dog we're trying to get my dog to use the new couches he doesn't like them now but, but wait so you're trying to convince your dog to go on the furniture and it doesn't want to <laughs> so my dog thinks his job is like standing in the window and watching okay and like alerting us when someone's coming and everything and protecting the neighborhood and everything <laughs> um and he used to have like he used to stand on the arm of the couch and look out or like hunch over it where he perfectly where he could see out and the new couch it isn't exactly the same so we, like we're slowly trying to ease him up because if he, if he doesn't feel like he's working and then he doesn't have a he doesn't feel like he has a purpose and like you got to give him like <laughs> so most people are trying to tell their dogs not to go on the couch and we're trying to tell our dog to go on the couch that's about it for me other than that basically just business as usual just uh I might sound a little weird because, you know, I have half a tooth on one side of my head. <laughs> but I might sound a little weird in this episode. Uh, Monday, I'll get it taken care of. And I know for some, for whatever reason, my, my video is really dark on the video version of this podcast. So uh, there's just a cloud of gloom over me right now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the first episode we did, you started kind of dark and I started light. And then it kind of changed as the sunset. Like, yeah, got lighter and then I got kind of darker. So. I guess because it's lighter out earlier now. If I actually turn these lights off behind me, it would probably be lighter in general, actually. Right. I think the contrast is what's doing it. But you brought yeah. up Holothon, so how's your hunting been going? What do you have left to get that you've been looking for? For the tune line, the only thing I'm missing is, was it like, uh, what the hell are they calling them now? Like Tall Thug and Dumbass or whatever okay. the hell yeah. their name? Dumbo. Oh, yeah. No, no, well, those are the Disney names that got taken yeah. away. Is it just Dopey Tall Thug and, and Short Thug? I can't even remember what they're actually labeled. I can't remember. whatever big guy and dumbass. They're like they're. I, I'm missing them. I've seen them in stores. I, I you know I spent so much money on this crap already. It's like I think they're going to be around for a while. Uh, I think they're so not. Too. Like, they're not must haves. So it's like I've got everything else. 
Uh, I recorded a video actually of me kind of like reviewing the figures, but I kind of didn't like the way it came out. So uh, I don't even know if I'm going to post it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, most of them are pretty cool. I'm pretty happy with most of them. Um, I mean, I have like, I probably have like a, a bit of an issue with almost each one. Okay. Um, the one I wanted to go over specifically, Chakahachi, the, the little shoulder pad on him, what's supposed to be holding that in? Because there's a hole, like there's supposed to be a little pin or something. So I haven't opened that set yet. The only thing I've opened is Rex, the accessory pack, and then the black and white Usagi. I'm going to open um, Chakahachi, the Lotus 2 pack, and then the um, Rhino Man and uh, Mighty Hog 2 pack, and then... Uh, What's the third one that's not the Mona game members? Yep, the Dirk Savage and Mona Lisa. Those are the three I'm going to open in my next video. So I haven't actually opened those sets yet. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, because there's a little... I don't know why they didn't just do like a hole in the shoulder, a peg on the shoulder pad, and you just plug it in. They're trying to do like some crazy innovation. Like we're going to recreate the way articulated shoulder pads are done. And it's <laughs> like these little tabs sticking off this tiny little hole that goes through another hole that's sticking off a tiny little peg coming off his arm. And it's, uh, I'm guessing there's supposed to be a little plastic peg or like a little string or something in there normally. When I opened my package, it was just off. There was nothing holding it in place. It was just floating loose in the package. So I'm wondering if other people have that same problem. Like there's like some other people who got like incomplete Chakahachis where they didn't fasten that on. Okay, I was going to say, because I'm assuming maybe then it wasn't supposed to even come off and yours might just be jacked up then. Yeah, it might just be broken unless that's unless there is nothing that goes through that hole and it is just supposed to slide on loosely. But like yeah. if you touch it, it falls off. Okay, yeah, because I haven't. So I've kind of stopped watching reviews, honestly, because one thing I don't want to like, I want to try to start having my own like or just make sure I'm not like just subconsciously saying things other people are saying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So I haven't actually watched any reviews on the figures yet. So like I don't even know what to be like looking out for or any of the common QC issues that have happened with any of the figures yet. Yeah, I think I've seen like one or two videos on Chakahachi and nobody mentioned that. So I'm guessing mine's just damaged. Yeah. But, might have been um, you might have been the one man, the one out of a thousand. Now you gotta raise hell. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> uh especially when the thing's like, you know, 60, 60 plus dollars. But right. uh but for the record, at least it's Chakahachi and uh not somebody you really wanted more anyway. So yeah, it's more, true. One, one of those F tier characters. So <laughs> Rex Rex one is definitely the best, like bar none of the new uh the new tune ones i think that's by far the best figure i love everything about that figure the only thing i would say is a problem like you said you can't actually use the vhs tapes with them you can't yeah i really expected that to i mean when i opened that up i was very surprised that like i don't even the control panels like because i didn't really get into it too deep on that or anything but like I don't know. It just feels like that inside of the chest was really an afterthought with him. It almost, they, they did so little with it. It kind of just seems like, well, why even put the, the feature to open the yeah. chest on? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. If you can't take the tapes in or out, what is really the point? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it looks cool, but I, like he comes with three VHS tapes. Right. What am I supposed to do with, he can only hold two at yeah, most. Exactly. <laughs> so like, he could have two there and then one in his chest, but like, no, they didn't. I don't know. But he's an awesome figure, though. He's really cool. I guess I'll just do quick reviews of them before we jump into Super 7. Go <laughs> quick I got here. I got to hear your thoughts on Mona Lisa now after all this time, man. Might as well start <laughs> we'll get, with her. We'll, we'll get there. Mighty Hog <laughs> and Rhino Man. When I first opened them, I was like, oh, these are probably the coolest. These are probably the best ones. 
and they're definitely an improvement on the original Bebop and Rocksteady that they did. The coloration's better. The size of them is better. They're more like bulky. Their heads aren't as long. Like like Rocksteady's face is really long. They're great looking. I will say my I have two complaints to them. One is the way they did the opening mouths, the jaws. The way it's articulated, the more you push it down, the more it kind of comes out. So hmm. like you can see like the jaw gets disconnected from the cheek and it pushes forward. So it ends up looking, and the way their teeth go, they're like going outward. So they look like Venus flytraps or something when their mouths open. It looks really weird. And uh, like they're, they just got this huge underbite when like they do that. And uh, I don't know, I don't know why they are, the, how they did the articulation, but it, I don't think it's quite there yet. Honestly, I almost would have yeah. rather them just had sculpted mouths half open or closed or whatever, and then come with all heads with open mouths because I'm not crazy about the articulation. And there is, I know that they are, you know, designed how they looked in the cartoon. But every now and then there's a design from the, the, the cartoon show that I think is like a bit too simplistic. And you don't notice that in the cartoon, but when you get a toy, you look at like Rocksteady's whole midsection is just yellow. Yep. And like he has like two little lines for his like his boobs and that's about it. And then like he has like the Rhino logo, which is like just two colors. And it's like it just looks really flat. Uh, on the shelf like it looks like a big empty space like there could be more detail kind of the way his cape is done it's just like a blue thing with a hole in it like a blue cloth with a hole i'm pretty sure i have because i have the vhs tape of that i'm pretty sure he has it like tied in a knot like under his chin and it's got like little ribbons hanging out but they didn't do that for the toy it's just a blue cloth like the same one you got with like shredder back in the 80s basically yeah um and the like, bebop they tried to do a tie thing but it's really weird looking and it just goes fly into the side so I, I, i'm sounding like i'm just nitpicking and being negative for the sake of being negative but uh they did those those issues did bug me a little bit especially the jaws the jaws i found weird they're still cool they're still very cool figures i like them rex one definitely glad i started with him because he was the one i was probably like him and black and white usagi are the probably the two figures that i wanted the most and yeah. it just, again, was really important to me that he came out right. And I mean, other than the inside of the chest, like he is just an awesome figure. I Even just watching the episode, I still feel like he's just maybe a little big because I know he does kind of like vary heights a little bit in the episode, too. I know there's one time where Donatello like only kind of comes up to his waist or something like that. But <laughs> I just I, I don't know. He just might seem like a little too big to me, but that's really my only nitpick with him. I definitely yeah, I'm very happy with how he came out. In the black and white Usagi, very happy with as well. I definitely like the color one a little bit more, but he's still just great. Because again, Usagi, for the most part, is a black and white figure. So it definitely made sense that they did go that route with him. And it's awesome that they're doing Usagi figures that aren't just Turtles figures too, because he was actually under like the Usagi packaging and stuff like that, which really kind of makes me a little bit more optimistic that maybe they will do more with Usagi because I can't remember if I've said this on here before or not, but it's just one line that I would like to see get fleshed out a little bit more than just Usagi. Like it's a very toyotic line. They're all anthropomorphic animals. Like there's just a lot you could do there. So I hope NECA can do a little bit more because by the way things are going, maybe this will be the only brand that's going to give us an Usagi figure too. Yeah. And then the accessory set. So I feel like hype is really driving that thing. It was definitely put out in more limited quantities than anything because when you saw the restock at your store, there was still no accessory set for you, right? There was no accessory set. Even just earlier today, I was actually at a Target and I checked out their Holothon section. Still, they had like a bunch of Rhino Man and, and Mighty Hog and stuff, a bunch of Rex One. They didn't have any of the accessory pack. Yeah. So 
and, and I get that that's really what's driving that demand, but I'm just going to be real. I feel like that is very overhyped. Like as somebody who wants to be a completist, like I get it. I, I do because again, I wanted it just so I could stay complete with the line. Or I mean, I'm not really complete, but as close to it as I can. And it's just, the baby turtles are cool. They're pretty cool. And the TV is cool. But, I mean, really, it's just a lot of stuff that's going to go in a plastic bag and sit in a drawer for probably the rest of its life. So Yeah, for me, most of it's just sitting in the package. I just you know put the package in my basement. And, uh, you know, like Rat King's cheese picture is in there. The Baxter Stockman head is What's in there. What's the Rat King picture from? I can't remember. What is that cheese picture from? It's from... It's, it's, I forget what episode it is, but he just steals that. He like breaks into a museum, sees that painting and just steals it at one point. That's like, it's like a okay. one second gag. I can't think of what season he was in. I can't even think of that episode. Like I can't remember, honestly, <laughs> but it's like, uh, probably there's a lot of rat King season three, season four. It's probably, in, it's probably in there, but I want to say it's actually later than that. I don't remember, honestly. It's like a throwaway gag, and they made like a whole thing out of it. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, they have they have guns in there. I don't even know what the hell they are and stuff. Like, they have like remote controls and guns and everything. I'm like, I don't remember what the hell this stuff is. I'm pretty <laughs> sure the Ray Blaster is from Leonardo Lighten's Up. I think that's like one of the few things that I just knew right away when I saw it, what that was from. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. There's like something that looks like an old like 80 cell phone. I don't know what the hell that is. Um, it says a turtle tracker, but again, I don't remember what episode that's from either. Because the only thing I could think is the episode where it's literally the most toy commercial episode. The one where the Rat King goes with Bebop and Rocksteady and they're on the foot ski. And they use like the retro catapult. They yeah. use, um, the, what's the tube called? I can't think of what that the... is. They use the plunger gun. Yeah, what they was use, the like, tube called? The army tube was it or something? The party t- party tube, I think. Party it was. tube, yeah. Like they use every single thing that they made a toy of that wave. You can tell in that one episode. And I, I, he used he tracks them with the star. Or no, they're tracking to Rat King. It's the sardine episode. I'm pretty sure the um, weird oh, okay. pizza one. Now that I think about it, um, maybe that's the tracker they're using in that one. But I can't remember either. Yeah, I, I honestly I can't remember what it is. I agree with you though. I think. I think that accessory pack is really overhyped. Like, I'm glad I have it because, you know, I I, I can't even say I'm a completionist because there's a lot of stuff I'm never going to get for this line, like the play sets and the, the party wagon and stuff. But um, but I like to have, you know, most of the figures that come out. And I, I think I, I really, the thing I wanted most from it was Big Mac. And uh, Big Mac's great. He's everything you'd want him to be. Yeah. So uh, I can't, I don't have any complaints with Big Mac. The baby turtle does just feel like I feel like his shoulders could break really easy. Like he feels because, like I said in my one or my review, I felt like he was gonna be in a two pack. I felt like he was gonna be just a character. But when you get him, you're like, okay, this this definitely doesn't feel like a full character. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Complete. When I was watching that video, I'm like, this is exactly what I was gonna say about this guy. (laughs) It's like you get him in hand and you realize, like, oh yeah, he's like. He doesn't feel like a full character. He feels yeah. like a vacuum with some bells and whistles. Right. So, uh, um, it does look great, cool. though. Like, there's not really any complaints with that as far as he goes. I mean, he's very simple, but he looks great. Yeah, and his design in the show, he had those real thin joints. So it's like, it feels like they, his shoulders could break, but it's like, that's what they looked like in the show. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was the, he's the best reason to get that pack. Again, though, the packs are what, like, over $50. So it's like, I don't know if he's worth $50, yeah. but 
the baby turtles are cute and all, but like you said in your video, they don't stand very well. They're very limited articulation. They're like, yeah. they're not like, you know, slug figures, but they're very limited articulation. And I kind of, uh, for some reason, I was expecting them to have like swappable faces, like how the, the, the modern turtles are now, like the update of the Toon Turtles are. But they don't. They they all have these like set expressions on their faces. Like Donnie's always pissed off and stuff. And it's, they're it's pretty weird. similar too. Other than Mikey's, I feel like the other three have just very similar faces. Like I don't know. It seems like they could have done a little bit more there as far as differentiating them a little bit. Yeah, I think Raph and Don might even have the exact same head. I think Leo's smiling. If you look at him, I could be wrong. And uh, Mikey's the only one who actually has like a mouth open smile. Like he yeah. actually looks like unique. Um, the TV is awesome, but at the same time, it's like that should come with the living room playset. Like there's because if you get the living room playset and it doesn't come with that, you don't have the living room really. Like you don't have the living room playset. So like like the main part of the living room is the TV. Yeah, so the TV like, and the couch. What else is even in there? You know what I mean? <laughs> Those are the only two things that I can recall that are there. Well, there's like the picture of like King Ghidorah from Godzilla or whatever on yep. that. On the it's wall. Gorgonzola is what they call it. Uh, in well, the Gorgonzola, universe. Gorgonzola is like their Godzilla. Yep. But the picture they have on the wall is like King Ghidorah where he has like the multiple heads oh, and the golden yeah. dragon. So uh, I'm guessing that's supposed to be like like a, their equivalent of Ghidorah from the Gorgonzola movies or whatever. <laughs> but uh, I have Gorgonzola on the TV actually on the, nice. the, the thing. It was between him and Ace Duck, and I'm like, well, Ace Duck's already in my display. Gorgonzola isn't, so Gorgonzola. I like, it's Ace Duck's only appearance, man. Like, that's <laughs> crucial, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's it. That's his time to shine. Exactly, yeah. That's why I was That's why I was thinking Ace Duck, but I'm like, he's already, I got him here. I got him in the Playmate section. I've got him in Super 7-1. Gorgonzola's nowhere, so Gorgonzola's going in. And I feel like monster movies were what were on the Turtles TV more than anything else. Like, all yeah. they did was watch monster movies, so... Oh uh, yeah, my baby Leonardo though. I was putting the the swords in his hand. When I was like pushing his sword in his hand, the the blade on one of them just like twisted right off. Oh, like it brushed bar. against his chin and just like boop, just popped right off. It was just <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> like, so yeah. now he's only holding one katana. That's um, a bummer. Yeah, but like, yeah, really nothing else in that that set am i really going to use uh, i just threw all of rex one's vhs tapes around the tv uh, i guess what else is left uh there's the oh i got the grunt and jersey red they're all right grunt has really limited articulation especially in the mutant form i put him in the mutant form and he doesn't come with all hands for the mutant form so he can't even like hold his katana and stuff when he's in the mutant form which is kind of you just have this he just has like weird like oh uh, like lizardy hands okay um which they look cool but he can't hold anything yeah Jersey Red is probably the number one figure I didn't give a damn about because that's like, the top of my list for sure. <laughs> like that, that is the top of my list is like, okay, this is, and again, I don't know what constitutes a deep cut could differ for many people. Cause there's many characters that are only in one episode. Like Rex is only in one episode, but Jersey Red just, I mean, that is a bottom of the barrel character. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like if she didn't beat April up, I, she would be completely forgettable to me. And I think the one line where she's like, 
those guys look a lot better. You guys look a lot better than they do. Like, that's the only two things I can think of when I think of Jersey Red. And I've seen that episode a lot. I, I barely even remember that. I remember her meeting of April. It's about it. I really, yeah, I really just don't remember that much about that character. She never stuck out to me. I will say, though, her figure's really well made. It's I actually have, like, zero complaints with her figure. That's what's always but. weird about the characters you don't care about. They get good <laughs> figures. Just like Scratch from Super 7, the one figure I didn't really give a shit about. He's a pretty damn good figure. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess they did Jersey Red because someone on the team just really liked Jersey Red and they wanted to do a figure of her because it came out really well. She's really sturdy. Despite being in high heels, she stands really, really well. Yeah, she's just she's just a, like a well-designed figure. I don't know. Like, she's a sturdy figure. So, uh, uh, not too many. She doesn't really come with any uh, accessories. She has, like, a gun and a can of spray paint, and that's it. I guess, like, what else is she going to come with? <laughs> and also that set, I mean, coming with the two torsos, you know what I mean? Like, that's a yeah. lot of extra plastic. So that's the only set that I don't have yet, and I'm hoping it's going to go up this Friday, and then it'll kind of put me complete on everything that I wanted. Um, but yeah, but Jersey Red and Hak- God damn it, I said his name right the first time. <laughs> Chakahachi are the two characters that I really cared the least about. Because even though Lotus is in two episodes and the second episode is with Chakahachi, like her first appearance is what I always think of when I think of Lotus. You know what I mean? I never think of that other episode. I always think of the first one that she shows up in and Leonardo falls in love with her and stuff. Like that's what I always think of when I think of that character. So those two, I feel like, are the first, like, kind of true deep cuts for me in the tune line. And it is just the reason I'm getting them is because they exist, basically. Like, yeah. Oh, actually, I want to just clear something up that I said in the last podcast. I didn't realize how I worded it until I re-listened to it. No one's called me out on it, but um, I, I said, like, it was a fact that Karai was based on Lotus, it's theorized by the fans that she was based on Lotus, but it's never been a hundred. Oh, I didn't even know enough to check you on that. Yeah. I assumed you yeah. were right. Like it makes sense to me. Yeah. She predates Karai in the comics. Uh, she predate like the, she appeared in the cartoon before Karai. Really? In the comics. Karai's in the last arc of the Mirage series, isn't she? She, I'm trying to think. Yeah. But that was coming out after the 87 show was already out. And Kar- uh, Lotus was in what season three. She debuts in, I think. Okay. Yeah, that's so crazy to think. Because when I think Mirage, like, I forget that their books were really spaced out. And even though it's only 60 issues, that it was like a decade long run. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she came out after Lotus was already in the cartoon. It might have even been like the same year, just like a, a few months later or something. But yeah, there is no proof that Karai is based on Lotus. That, that was just like a theory. And I knew that, but I, I just kind of worded it badly and made it sound like. As a matter of fact, <laughs> one, but I, I feel like she probably is. And even if she wasn't, I always felt like they should just fuse the characters and just make it like Karai's undercover ninja name is Lotus Blossom. That would be like a cool way to like kind of bring it all together. Yeah, but yeah, it's, I'm the same thing. I think of Lotus as that first episode where Leonardo and John falls in love with her and everything and she leaves him the flower at the end of the Lotus Blossom and stuff like that's what I think of. I don't think of the Chakahachi episode when I think of Lotus. And uh, But the thing that's weird is, so you said Rex 1 was too big. Chakahachi's way too small. You watch the Chakahachi episode, it's like at the very end where he's reunited with his wife, he, he like shrinks down to normal size. But the whole episode, he's like a freaking kaiju. Yeah. Like he's huge. Yeah. It's funny. They make all of his like pink blasts look like these cool fire attacks. 
in the show they're, they're not really attacks they just turn things into feudal japan equivalents yeah of like <laughs> what they are so it's like it looks like he's doing all these cool attacks but he's really just remodeling is really all he's doing but but yeah it's kind of weird that we got him so small that we didn't get him as an ultimate as like a big figure like, yeah i never actually pro. thought about that because they definitely like doing it they did it with rex they did it with um metalhead and or not metalhead uh chrome dome chrome dome yeah i mean i guess they did do it with metalhead too but yeah like yeah. They definitely like doing that, so it is kind of surprising. I, I forgot about that, that he is kind of bigger in the cartoon. Because, again, yeah, that episode like, is just very forgettable for me. So. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really not one of the more memorable episodes. It's one of the more forgettable episodes. Um, I think that's the thing, too, is, like, Rex Realm was only in one episode, but it's a very memorable episode, yeah. where it's, like, a deep cut becomes... A, char- a one-off character who was in an episode no one cared about, I think. Like, I guess to bring us into the last two-pack to talk about... Mona Lisa was a one-off character, but a lot of people remember that episode. It was on VHS and everything yep. and stuff. I don't think the Chakahachi episode was ever on VHS. I never even saw it till I was an adult, so. Yeah, I, I, I know I saw it as a little kid. To be honest, the thing I remember the most from it as a little kid was not Chakahachi. It was not the return of Lotus Blossom. It was this weird two-second gag at the end of the episode where Mike goes to get like a pizza out of the oven and there's a tire in there instead or something and raf like oh i was it's like oh i was looking for that or something it's like it's the weirdest like ending gag of any episode but i always remember like mikey holds up the tire and then like the black that fades away that kind of stops around the ring of the tire and then goes away and and that that image stuck with me my whole life (laughs) and i didn't even remember what episode it was connected to but yeah i guess so the last two pack is mona lisa and dirk savage Dirk Savage is a character I have no nostalgic connection to. I found out about him when I was an adult. I, as it is, I, I read about that episode years before I ever even actually watched that episode. Everyone's made the Bruce Campbell jokes. I know he looks just like Bruce Campbell. so um, <laughs> He's he's fun. He's cool in the episode he's in. He's, and it is a memorable episode because they brought back the Punk Frogs and Mondo Gecko. And they brought in Toka and Raza. So it's definitely a memorable episode if you saw it, but nobody saw it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean that was what a season six or seven episode. Seven. That was seven. Yeah, yeah, that's a late one. So I definitely I didn't even know the cartoon was going at that point. Yeah, me neither. I think, like I said, I think the last the last season I really watched in this full was five. I think I watched a little bit of six and then dropped off. Season seven was like I didn't even know it existed when I was a kid. So for me, Dirk Savage is like, whatever. But he does have a cool figure. He does make a really cool action figure. Yeah. I will say he's a little leaner, I think, in the toy than he was. He was like really beefed up in the the show. Like his arm, his biceps were like bigger than his head in the the cartoon. But I've noticed for the line, they always make the humans a little skinnier than the mutants. The mutants are always more buffed up than the humans are. Yeah. Like Rat, Rat King, they made very lean. Shredder, they made very lean, where... You watch the show and those guys are huge, but yeah. uh, I guess it's just what they do. So it makes him look a little small, like Dirk's shoulder pads, like a little bigger on him than they should. Like his arms should fit them a little better, but for the most part, he's great. Again, I guess there's Mona Lisa. <laughs> so you first were able to grab Mona Lisa for me and send it over. But I also had bought one in that time that I found. I knew you were going to get two. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. As soon as you said, you saw all the figures there that day. I originally, I was like, my original plan was whenever Mona Lisa gets released, I'm going to get two because I want to display both heads. But then they announced Holothon. I'm like, oh, no, if I have to buy all this other stuff, I'm not getting two. But then I saw her in stores and I'm like, all right, screw it. I'll get two. So I just got <laughs> And uh, 
I have like one, she's like sitting up on my shelf above my TV. She can actually pose really well. I'll say you can get her in almost any freaking pose you want. Nice. I have her like sitting with like one knee over here and then like one foot hanging down there. And she's waving with a hand on the hip and everything. Like you can get her in all these crazy poses, but she is kind of mixed, I think. So uh, originally she was like my, one of my most wanted figures. Pretty much once we got Mondo and Muckman stuff. I was like, okay, next one I want the most is Mona Lisa because we were starting to get like all the ones I wanted. I, I kept expecting her every year, like, oh, they're showing off new toys. Mona Lisa's coming, right? And they never showed her off. Then they finally showed her off and I'm like, oh, that figure looks kind of bad. <laughs> like, I didn't like it. And then I started seeing people, I saw like a review or two of it and there was one I saw where she actually, like they showed up close shots. I'm like, oh, it actually looks a lot better than I thought it did. This looks pretty good. Now I'm hyped to get it. Then I got it and it's like a mix of both. It's like, there are things I really like about it. And then there's things that I think are still kind of a little crappy. I still just think she's too scrawny, too like petite. I think yeah. like her, her shoulders are like tiny shoulders for sure. They're not as wide as her cheeks. Like yeah. that's just, that just looks weird. And I don't know. I just think like, I'm not saying like you got a Jessica rabbit her or anything. I'm not asking <laughs> her the super voluptuous Mona Lisa. Like she wasn't even like super voluptuous, voluptuous in the cartoon, but you know, she was, she was filled out. You know, she yeah. was like, like even her arms are like a little chubby in the cartoons, like a little thicker than they are. The, the toy, they're like twigs. They're like pipe cleaners. Yeah. Yeah. I just think that's a, the overall just like midsection, like the head's fine. The legs are generally fine. Um, maybe if the middle was bigger, the legs might be a little bigger to match. Um, but like that midsection is just weird. She's also kind of like slouching where she looks like kind of like a, like a stoner. Like she's just like, Oh, like her head <laughs> going forward and like her pelvis sticking out. Like it's kind of weird. No, but in general, she looks good. Uh, the smiling head, she still does look a little like a fraggle from certain direction. <laughs> uh, the, the only complaint I have with the angry head's really good. Actually. The only complaint I have with the angry head is if you look at her teeth, it's like they just drew like a black diagonal line going up. So it's like, it's not even curved. It's just like a straight jagged line going diagonally upward. So it's like her teeth would be like sideward sideways in her head or something. Like the way the line's Is drawn. Is it just supposed to be the gap between her teeth? Like she has her teeth open a little bit. Maybe that's it's, it's too diagonal to be horizontal or vertical. It's like in between both. Okay. It's yeah. I haven't really stared at my pack too hard yet. So yeah, it's, it's weird. Cause I have her like in my main setup with the angry head. She's like training with Raph in the sewer. I have her both. The sewer. It's really another VHS tape shelf that I just threw all like the neutrinos and Mondo Gecko and the turtles in. But yeah, but overall, she's she's fine. Uh, I'm just happy to have a Mona Lisa figure. Uh, I don't know who my most wanted figure is now. <laughs> I guess I guess Ray Filet. I will say also her accessories are weird. I understand she was like, well, what was she like a chemistry major? She was she was like a college. Yeah, she was a lab assistant for the bad guy in the that episode i can't think of what his name is is he a doctor think, or professor i can't think of what is he, what he even is no she was she was working for like a professor and then they got attacked by a pirate and that's the bad guy oh, okay that's what happens yeah you're right i don't know what happens to the professor i don't know the pirate has just killed the freaking professor <laughs> <laughs> um but which i actually always thought was kind of funny and i get too off topic but mona lisa in like her flashback we don't know how long ago this is but in her flashback she was in college She's dating a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Like, she's rocking the cradle, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's the thing, because I feel like people always forgot that the turtles were actually teenagers most of the time. You know what I mean? And, like like I said, yeah. in most iterations, I definitely don't see them as teenagers. Yeah, in that show, I just always thought of them as being, like, 25 or something. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think of them as being teenagers. 
Yeah, she just she just comes with lab equipment. She comes with like beakers and and all this stuff and flasks. And it's like, I, I get she did the science stuff, but I, that's not what I think of. I would have wanted like, there's like the uh, what do you call it? Like this the ship steering wheel thing. She knocks off the ceiling that falls on Raph. Like, yep. like she, she come with that. She or she's like tying up the the, the people steering the boat. She come with the rope or something. Like I think of more of like that kind of stuff when I think of Mona Lisa, like the ship stuff, like the nautical kind of stuff. Whereas, like, they just gave us all, like, science stuff. Like, oh, here's some textbooks and, like, like those didn't even appear in the cartoon, I think. Yeah, because, I mean, she really didn't show up with much or do much with anything other than, like you said, the very few things you just said. And yeah. the, the chandelier thing would have been pretty cool because, I mean, you could have put that over your raft. I never would have did it, but it would have been cool. <laughs> I mean. And, yeah, or you could just throw it around a bad guy or something. She, right. I mean, for the toys, you can do whatever the hell she wants. You want. She could be fighting Rat King or something. So, yeah. but speaking of Rat King, I think it's time we move on to the elephant in the room. Oh boy, Super Seven. Yeah, so I had people that just listened to the most recent episode of the podcast. They're like, "Hey, thought you were going to talk about Super Seven in that one." So, <laughs> yeah, that news literally dropped the day after we recorded last time. I'm pretty sure. I think it dropped that next day. Yeah, it did. So yeah, so I mean, I don't even know where we want to start here, but. Super 7 seems to be going in a different direction, and I, for one, am very bummed about it. Like, I, I don't really know what to say, and there's a lot of rumors going around. We don't really know. We, we don't know anything that's fact. Everything is a rumor. Yeah. But it really seems like, with how sharp of a direction they're turning, it seems like Playmates would have been like, yo, you can't just keep doing all the stuff we've done. And that seems to be very clear by Wave 10. Yeah, that's the big rumor going around. I it's almost hard to call it a rumor because yeah, there's so much evidence stacking in its favor, but it's still a rumor. It's just so weird though, because they must have had to have made an agreement, like signed a contract with Playmates in the first place to do this. And uh, because Playmates owns the rights to those designs. So like legally, they wouldn't be able to have been making these figures for like two and a half years if Playmates wasn't okay with it. So it's weird that Playmates is just like, okay, we're breaking our contract. I guess because they're trying to do what the hell is that like the ninja assassin force or what the hell is that thing they're trying to do? I can't think of what it is. They're six <laughs> inch flying that they're single packing all the figures and now I can never remember what it is. Yeah, it's like I think maybe now that they're doing this, they're like, Well, we don't want Super Seven being competition with our way inferior figures. <laughs> so but the thing is they've been pumping those figures out all this time, you know what I mean? Those molds yeah. have been around longer than Super Seven has in I just, it, it almost seems like there's a lot of things that are falling kind of in line with how like Masters of the Universe origin started. So Motu was going to start two new shows. They were going to do the Revelation show and they were going to do the kids CGI show on Netflix. And the first thing they actually got out when they were hyping everything up was the origins line because they already had the shelf space paid for. And that's kind of where that line kicked off. And I don't even think they meant for that to like be as successful as it was. Like, I don't even think they were ready for that. Same with like their Masterverse line. Like once that took off, like I don't think they were ready for it. And if Playmates is smart, they would have been paying attention to that. And this would be their time to do the same thing because since Rise left, they really haven't had any shelf presence. When the um the four turtles got re-released and then the um party wagon was out for a little bit, they had some shelf space at Walmart for a little bit, but that was pretty much it. And now they have retail space at Target again, they have it at Walmart. I just went to Meyer, that store I told you about last time, and they had the turtles figures there too. So they're out in retail space like everywhere now. 
So if they were going to do something like an Origins type line, I feel like now would be the time for them to do that. That being said, I think I'm thinking way too highly of TM or Playmates, and they're not going to do that at all, and they're just going to keep pumping out more of the old molds like they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, they might, because the Triceraton one was new like a year ago or something, so they might do like a new one a year or something like that. Like, I don't know. but. I mean, there's just no reason to jump into a line that someone else had already been doing better than you can possibly do for the past two plus years. Yeah. I don't know. It's I've seen I've been seeing those figures everywhere too. Every store I go to has those playmates figures now. Yeah. Regardless of what's happening with playmates or any of that, I think again, it's just a rumor, but I'm pretty positive the four horsemen are gone from the Super Seven. I think line. so too. Like Looking at the figures, they just, like I said in my videos, they just seem flat to me, you know what I mean? Like, they just don't seem to have that just, like, spark, and it's more than just not being the Playmates designs. Like, I feel like NECA is going to show off a Karai figure soon, and it's going to look a million times better than the Super 7 did one did, and it's going to be oh, cheaper, yeah. too, you know what I mean? So, if that's the route they want to go, like... I think the best advice anybody could get Super 7 is just to stay the fuck out of NECA's way right now because they're just slaying in all lanes. And if that's the lane they want to go into, I, I don't see it being good for them. Like, their only hope is if they can do more of the things like the April, and I don't think that was the best first attempt ever. I know people like it, and I'm not going to hate on anybody that does like the new stuff. Like, to each their own. If you like it, awesome. But I, I don't know. It just seems very flat to me. It just doesn't have, like just that edge that I feel like the line has had up to this point. And I think you're right. I think it's because they're sculpting these in house now. Yeah. Um, just the way, the way the human, which is pretty much all human characters, but yeah. just the way the human characters look like when you look at that April, like you said, there's something flat about it. It has that like generic, like $30 action figure you see of any other line, like in, in target or something, look to it. It doesn't have that super seven, four horsemen like seal of quality look yeah. uh that we've come to know and uh there's yeah there's just something about they just look very generic these action figures um the big one that's causing the most controversy uh is rat king and because rat king is like that's the most wanted figure out of this batch yeah. he's arguably the only i would say universally figure. at this point by the clamoring he probably was the most anticipated figure to yet come out before he did come out he was my most anticipated he and drag were my, my yeah. two most anticipated but i think he's i think it's you can being honest he's the only one that is like generally desired in this in this line like this way like not the way he's done but like of the characters they chose i don't think anyone was asking for classic rock or leo i know no one was asking for april wearing a karate gi <laughs> no one was asking for no one even knew that existed no one was asking for a red shirt uh casey jones uh the cracked mask face is pretty cool but it's to me it's i know you're a casey guy so you're probably gonna grab it but <laughs> oh, i will grab him yeah but again for him to take a slot of what could be a new figure i would much rather have a new figure at the end of the day you know what i mean i would sacrifice that figure all day i'll get that casey figure because he exists but i would much rather have one of the original characters that we don't have yet and the rocker leo i'll defend that one a little bit like he doesn't look bad but just inherently he was the most boring of those four original figures too and i feel like that's just the biggest thing to his detriment but 
on that same side, like I feel like the rocker Donnie, I, I don't know. I feel like he does look like he had just a little bit more put into him than that Leo did too. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like the Leo just does look a little bit more straightforward, like the classic design. And they did a lot more to upgrade the punker Donnie figure with it. He comes with two extra head sculpts. One has the Liberty spikes on it, which is, yeah. I mean, completely original. That's definitely the head sculpt I'm going to go with. You knew we had to get that line out eventually. And you knew the undercover Don, I don't know if we'll ever get that figure now at this I don't point. Think so. and, that's just my biggest bummer is they they played the long game and now we're all gonna suffer the consequences like we're never gonna get the track we want usagi is was my most anticipated figure he might have been even more so than rat king for me honestly and we'll probably never, never get that figure now and we might not even get the rest of our sublines finished out we might not ever get that done we're still we'll be missing Two of the turtles from the rocker lines now. We still haven't seen Mikey or Raph. So it's going to be a long two years because this is pretty much our figures. They have all three figures, all three of waves, seven, eight, and nine are all supposed to come out at the end of this year. That's not going to happen. There's no way they're getting <laughs> no. all three of those waves out this year. I think they'll be pushed back into 2024. So I think wave 10 probably won't hit till end of summer 2024 at the earliest regardless of what their dates say because no super seven figures ever come out on time they always get pushed back and we're already seeing wave seven is now pushed back all the way to november i just don't think these next four waves are going to have great sales i think wave nine is going to do the best for them and if these four waves don't do great that that's going to be problems for even if we get a wave 11, like honestly, my prediction, I think they're going to show a wave 11. It's going to be as lackluster as 10. And that's going to be it. I think that's where the line's going to end. And I hate to say it. I don't want to see it end, but I, I just, if I had to put money on anything, that's where I would put it. I think 11 is going to be their last wave. I think so too. I think exactly what you, what you're saying. I honestly didn't know until you made the video on it that, wave seven had been delayed that long i don't yeah. remember anybody saying anything about it anywhere like typically i'll catch it in a group or something like that where everybody will be like yo these got pushed back i never remember seeing anything like i just out of curiosity was like hey i think this way was supposed to hit in like may or something like that is it about ready to come out and i got on there and it said november i was like what the hell i never remember anybody saying anything about this <laughs> yeah it was supposed to be june i believe is when it was supposed to come out okay and I was like, all right, I was like, all right, cool. So in June, I'll reserve this shelf for, you know, Triceraton yep. and this for that. And now it's like, I don't know when the hell we're getting those. And also, like you said, like, if they are being delayed that long, are they being retooled? Are they reworking them? Are they like maybe redesigning things about them or changing because things? This wave about was them? announced a long ass time ago at this point. Long like, I mean, ago. it was probably over a year ago that this or this wave got announced. It was a long ass time ago. So um, for them to just be getting their designs approved for tooling now, it just makes me think they had to make new designs to make new tools, honestly, because it's further behind than the waves before it. And I don't know why it would be unless they had to redo some stuff to retool. That's the only thing I can think of. And again, I'm just pulling that out of my ass. I don't know anything. I'm a moron. I'm just some guy in a podcast, but <laughs> it just seems very fishy because like I said, if Playmates is at play, why would they just be like, all right, for the next two years, you can just keep doing what you're doing. But after that, no more. You know what I mean? It seems like if they were going to put the kibosh on it and they're, this is Playmates big year, you know what I mean? They have their movie coming out this year. Like this is their big year. So 
I don't know. It just seems weird. It just seems fishy. And I just, I, I hope for the best, but I'm very worried about even the waves that are on deck at this point. Yeah, me too. I don't know. It's I, yeah. Cause I think even, even if they don't get changed, even if they are exactly how we saw them in the pictures, uh, are people going to even bother buying most of them if they know that the line is just going South? So like a lot of people might just jump ship and be like, ah, eh, screw it. I'm not getting these anymore. Cause I, I think a lot of people, know. a lot of people didn't pre-order these when they were announced. A lot of people wait for super seven. Um, I, I, I waited for for wave seven. Most of them in the past, I pre-ordered wave seven. I'm like, you know what? I'll slowly pre-order each yep, one. Over that's the course I'm of done. The year. I haven't pre-ordered anything when they start showing off. I'll start picking them off as I want them. But yeah, I'm pretty much, I, I'm out the pre-order game pretty much in general period, unless I think something is going to be for sure a sellout. Like I've kind of gotten out of the pre-order game in general because hey, sometimes if you just dick around and wait a couple weeks, stuff will go on sale immediately. You know what I mean? Like waves. Yeah five or yeah five and six i got a lot of those figures for 38 bucks from entertainment oh, wow. Earth, you know what i mean so at not having the money for those figures when they first came out actually ended up helping me later <laughs> down the road yeah it does i mean because these aren't selling for anything on the aftermarket they're like like no. halved almost on the aftermarket yeah and like you said like very quickly too it's not like you don't have to wait like years for them to like lose value they're kind of like right out of the gate they're just like all right a week or two has gone by all right they, they're halved now they're like half the price they used to be and uh really pre-ordering at this point i, I would just feel like a sucker pre-ordering them yeah. but um same with like i don't know why anybody would ever order these from super seven directly you know what i mean like yeah i don't know what the benefit to that would ever be i, I don't know it just really confuses me why people do that and then you're you locked in too, you know what I mean? And they've been shown that they will deliver a product that looks nothing like their 3D renders. So you get them a little earlier if you order them direct from okay. Super 7. I, I forget which ones I ordered. I ordered some of them from Super 7. I think it was. I've only ever ordered the their exclusive figures that end up being on Big Bad Toy Store all the time anyway. Yeah. But I think Wave 5, like uh, Leatherhead and all that, I think I got that from super seven directly i think i don't know it's there's definitely fishy stuff going on i can't put my finger on what it is again even if it is as simple as playmates said they can't use them anymore it's like well why like there's more to that story that we don't know it's like there definitely is that's weird for them to just do that after super seven's just been very openly doing this for years like clearly playmates gave them the okay so um, I've never checked the pa- the bottom of the packages that they come in the Super 7s. I don't know if it writes Playmates in like the legal information on the bottom. Um, it might. It might not. I don't know. And see, this is where everything is just confusing because, I mean, like, what if they never actually had a deal with Playmates? You know what I mean? What if Playmates literally just didn't give a fuck so much until they're like, okay, we're, we're putting out Turtles again. We care again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, they might have. Yeah. I don't know. And I really don't know. Something man. else you said that I kind of wanted to touch on too. So you talked about how people like knowing that the line might not be what they want it to be going forward. They might already be getting out completely, even of the waves that are coming out, but I'm still very excited about like wave nine. You know what I mean? I'm very excited to get a lot of those figures. Hopefully they do come as shown, but it's really weird to me when people are just like, all right, I'm selling everything now. You know what I mean? It's like, how much did you really like the line in the first place? The first thing I did, like, after I made my first video and I was just sitting there and I was all bummed, I just came in here and I just stared at my Super 7 figures. And I was still like, I really fucking like this line. You know what I mean? I'm really yeah. just bummed that I'm never going to be able to get some of the figures I want. But 
I still love it. Like I, I it they're awesome fucking figures, and just because it's it might end. I mean, it was gonna end someday anyway. It was never gonna go on forever, but. I'm very happy to have the figures that we have. Like, I'm definitely always going to treasure that line. It's always going to be special to me. Even if I sell off everything, the turtle stuff is just what I'm going to keep forever. Like, I'm never going to get rid of the turtle stuff at this point. And I'm happy that the line happened. I'm happy that they could get out the stuff they got out. And, yeah, it's a bummer that after Wave 9, we might not get the Playmates figures. But I'm never going to sell those figures. I'm still very happy to have that Super 7 collection. And it's just... Weird to me that people like when they just they're either all in or they're all out. It seems like yeah, they didn't they weren't really liking the figures. They don't give a damn about the figures. They just wanted to say they had a whole collection of something. <laughs> like that's yeah. all they they cared about. Because yeah, I'm looking at them right now. I have them all on my wall over there, and they're freaking awesome. I love that display. Like I think I said that in my video about Super Seven. I think my display of Super Seven is my favorite toy display in my entire yeah. room. Like, they're not my favorite figures per se. But it's the coolest looking display. Every like morning when I wake up and look at that, I'm like, that's fucking awesome. Like, yeah. those are great figures. And it's going to be a shame that there's not more. But, you know, I'm always, I'm not going to like take those down now. Those are staying up permanently. So, um, you know, depending on what I move or something, they might go to a different room or whatever <laughs> on different shelves. But they're never going away. I'm always going to have those figures on display. And uh, that that's what I think really sucks the most about this. It's not so much like, oh, we won't figure, uh, yeah, we won't finish the collection, but I don't think we're ever going to finish it, to be honest, anyway. That's too many figures to make. Yeah. Um, But just that we're not going to be able to continue enjoying this, because I like what we got so far so much that I, I would have loved to get even more of that. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we'll see what happens with Wave 11. Um, Probably will be announced in like three months. It seems like every two or three months they announce another wave. Well, that's the thing though. They've they're four waves announced now, and I don't think they've ever been in this situation where like usually they're about three waves out. I've never seen them do four complete waves out, and they're way out at this point. So unless they do throw out every single one of those waves at the end of the year, we probably won't even get an announcement till the first of the year next year. I mean, if they announced five waves before they were even out, like that's just insanity. Like that that's a very fishy situation. I think it's fishy that they did this in the first place. Like, how are you taking pre-orders four waves out for figures? Like, it's just weird, man. It is. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like they might even ha- they may not even ever make any of these figures. These fi- some of these lines might never even happen. Like, they might have to jump ship before they even finish this line. And then there's going to be something like 15 years from now, the long awaited people like got the rights to finally release the unreleased <laughs> super seven figures. And um, I don't know. I, it, it Again, I don't know what's going on in the background, but it, it just doesn't seem like like they're just, again, like you said, they've never been this far behind where, and there's no way. So if the next wave is coming out in November, which I guess it's supposed to come out after wave eight now or something. Mm -hmm. But even then, if we're waiting till like September or October to get to potentially get them, they might get delayed again. There's no way they're not going to announce more figures in that time. Like from now to fall, they're going to announce some more figures. And that's the thing. If you have five waves announced, like, I don't know. I don't even, that's just, I can't even wrap my head around that one. That's crazy. It is crazy. It's like it's gonna end up being like two and a half years ahead that you're pre-ordering. Yeah, and and that's the thing, man. Like again, I know nothing about Super Seven's business or what they have going on, but it just seems like they're out way too far ahead of themselves. And I, I feel like at some point, 
something's just going to give with Super 7 because they just started that G.I. Joe line, and people seem to be very stoked on those figures, but it seems like Turtles and Thundercats were kind of what was keeping Ultimates alive, I feel like, honestly. They seem to be the most regular. They get the most waves. And when you lose Turtles, I feel like that's just going to be a really big hit to them. I think so, too, because, yeah, Turtles was huge. Thundercats was huge. And they've been doing a really good job with Thundercats. Uh, I think, yeah, if they lose Turtles, they, they can't get by just on Thundercats because you go beyond that, and a lot of their Ultimates lines are like, who gives a damn? Like, yeah. I, I mean, they're I know, Disney uh, one. I they're the Rescuers figures. Like, who gives a shit about the Rescuers? You know what I, I was mean? just. I was just going to mention that. I don't want to get too off topic, but because you know what, when they first announced the Disney line and I saw like the Prince John from Robin Hood, I'm like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I might get that. But then all I heard was just bad things about the Disney line. Yeah. And I saw like reviews and they were like, there was just a lot of things I didn't like about those figures. And th they were just doing these bizarre choices of these characters, which is another problem with the turtles line now, but they're picking these these like characters from these like Disney movies from like the sixties and stuff that like really, I get it's kind of cool to do like, you know, favorites that don't get a lot of attention, but they were like, okay, we're doing obscure stuff from the sixties or earlier. Like, okay. That's what you're doing. But then in like wave three, I think they throw out stitch from Lilo and stitch. He was like right. from 2002. And he's like one of the most merchandised characters of all time. So it's like, okay, well you just opened the floodgates. Now you got to make the genie. Now you got to make Ariel. Now you got to make her like, you know, all the characters that everybody loves. You got to make Mufasa. You got to make all these characters that are just like overly produced. Elsa's got to come. Um, but then, oh, then they just go back to like, well, no, then he did a nightmare before Christmas as a whole yep. wave. It was just nightmare. And that was like, okay, that's another one of the most marketed modern Disney things. And then they go to rescuers and it's like, well, you can't go back to the obscure shit after you did right. Jack Skellington and Stitch. Like <laughs> those are the two, like two of Disney's most marketable characters and modern characters. So now it's like anything can happen in this line. And then they do a whole wave for it's bad enough. They did the dumb mice from rescuers. I like rescuers. No disrespect, but like, why the hell would you do an action figure of the random little girl from the rescuers? <laughs> Like who wants that? Who wants just a little girl? There's just I don't even remember her name, but I heard the bad guy was like Madame Medusa or something. At least she was like a cool, crazy design. Like do her. She doesn't scale with the mice either. The mice are like really big. They're like almost as tall as she is and stuff. Yeah, and they're they're mice. They're mouse size. They're, <laughs> like they're mice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Someone at Super Seven loves the Rescuers. I guess I don't know. And the funny thing is, is even if you were gonna do Rescuers, do Down Under because that was the one people liked more. That's the like, only one uh, I didn't even know the original Rescuers was a thing until like I was a little bit older when I was a kid. Because the Rescuers Down Under, I think, came out when I was alive. I feel like I remember that yeah. movie coming out and it being a big deal. So that one was like in between. Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. They like okay. squeezed that out in between. And uh, yeah, that was big. It wasn't as big as those two, but it was big. But yeah, the rest, all I remember hearing most of my childhood was like, oh, there was a first Rescuers movie, but no one really talks about it. All anyone said was that there's a shot where there's like a picture of a naked woman in the background of Rescuers. And there is, it's like hidden in a scene where like oh, they're, nice. they're like flying by a window and there's like a picture of a naked woman in the window. But, uh, but I didn't see the Rescuers until I was an adult. Like I didn't, I saw it down under as a kid, but I didn't know anything about it until I was an adult. And it's one, of, it's like, it's not bad, but it's one of the most forgotten Disney movies. Yeah. And they just don't make cool action figures. Like, you know, you could no. do like Maleficent or 
whatever, like all these like crazy warriors and stuff. Hercules is like, those would make cool action figures, like a little girl who doesn't fight or do anything. She's just a little kidnapped little girl is not a cool action figure in my mind. I don't know, but yeah, that's to get back to turtles. That's just how I wonder about the turtles line is like, where do they come up with these choices? What is this Ninja April? At least put the Karai in there and get rid of the Ninja April. Right. <laughs> I feel like there had to have been some sort of issue with the cry. Like I'm, I'm not even joking. It seems like they kind of be, could have been the thing where they jumped the gun and maybe they really didn't have the rights to cry or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's hard to say. Maybe, maybe NECA is going to do a uh, Mirage uh, Karai. And Viacom just told them, you know, like you, Nickelodeon told them, like, uh, we they we want them to do the figure. We don't want you to do the figure. Yeah. <laughs> like they're gonna do a better one. So because that's a, the very weird figure to pull because it would be a very weird exclusive. You know what I mean? It's just Karai. Yeah. Like it's not like all their other things are always like glow in the dark or something like that. So it'd be very weird if that was an exclusive figure. It feels like the Casey was meant to be the exclusive originally. Yeah. That's it. That's about. The whole gist of it, I really anything else I say will just be further speculation. So that's really everything I know about what's going on with Super Seven, and I just think it's a bummer because that was like probably my favorite toy line, a uh, yep. modern toy line. Definitely, I like the NECA line. It's just more comes out, so it's just more to be excited about. But yeah, but when you get that, when you get a Super Seven wave, it's just an awesome day for the most part. Like sometimes they can bum you out, but <laughs> yeah. Hi, this is April O'Neil, Channel 6 News, and you're watching the Party Wagon Podcast. <laughs> so cool. All right, so getting into the topic we were supposed to do last podcast, but we ended up pushing it back to just talk about NECA, um, getting into Shredder's Revenge. So this was probably one of the most anticipated video games for me in a long time. And it's not like it was going to be like, I can't really put it on the or the same level as like Tears of the Kingdom for Zelda that's coming out. But it's a Turtles game. We haven't gotten a legitimate Turtles game in forever. And I can honestly say I feel like it lived up to the hype. It was better than I thought it was going to be. And I, with with a couple nitpicks here and there, like, it's a damn near perfect beat em up. Like it's probably one of my favorite games of the last 10 years for sure. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I don't mean to just like start off just instantly like pumping rainbows up its ass or anything, <laughs> but honestly, when I first heard about it, it was kind of like, Oh, that's cool. They're doing like, you know, a throwback to the old turtles games. Uh, you know, what's retro is cool these days. I'm like, that's cool. And then as I started seeing more of it, I started to get a little more excited for it. And when I play it, it played it, it blew my expectations out of the water. And I have to say, even though it's probably not my favorite because nostalgia is so powerful, it is bar none, I think, the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game ever made, in my opinion. I definitely uh, think so. And again, I'll argue, I think a lot of people, Final Fight 4 seems to be the typical king of beat-em-ups. I feel like that's the game that everybody touts. I've never actually played Final Fight 4, so I can only speak from my ignorant place, but it's my favorite beat-em-up of all time as well, if not my favorite Ninja Turtle game. Yeah, I, I, I've never, I've only, I think I've only ever played the first two Final Fights. I've never played 4. So, yeah, I guess we're, we're noobs. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, usually the, the bar is usually Turtles in Time. That's usually what most yep. people say. Like, I'm not even just saying that just because I'm a turtle guy. Like, most people agree. You know, Turtles in Time, Simpsons, and X-Men, that's, like, yep. the bar. Um, 
I know there's a lot of people who will say like the Dungeons and Dragons ones were really good and stuff, but yeah, but, but as far as just being a Turtles game goes, it, 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 so it was insane. My experience was I downloaded it and I played it with a friend online and that friend is not super knowledgeable of Turtles. They're like a very casual fan. I'm a freaking nut. So it was like, they had a great time because I was able to like hype up everything in the game for them and be like, oh shit, that's Chrome Dome. He was this, <laughs> and this and that. Like, and like, cause I was just geeking out the whole time I was playing this game. Yeah, I don't even really know where to start. Like, it's just, everything is done perfectly. It's everything you want. All the villains you want are in there. Like even some you didn't even expect. Like they got huh, that, there was, I was I, I'm shocked that I was shocked by the villains. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I never thought like we'd get Tempestra in a video game. She was definitely the craziest one to be featured. Like Tempestra showing up was like, I did not see that coming at all. Like, you know, Leatherhead, Rat King, you expect to see them yeah. in, in games. Uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, obviously. Probably the craziest boss battle is the Turtle Tenderizer, which is a vehicle that was going to be in the vintage playmates line but got canceled and a prototype existed and that's in the game as like a boss battle and that just like when i saw that when i was playing with my friend i I was like dude you don't understand like you you don't understand how crazy this is that this thing is on the screen right now (laughs) like yeah they they got so much stuff in there also there's just so many references like throughout the game there's so many references to the punk frogs thrown in and yep, stuff the neutrinos are in there and the neutrinos Ermon, vernon and burn all of them are in and there's just, it's just it's such a loving tribute even just it's hard to describe but even just the color scheme and the softness of the some yep. of the shades and stuff of the buildings and stuff it looks like the painted backgrounds from the cartoon yep. show because it's and, kind uh, of like I always think of like the stills of like the channel six station and stuff like that. Like, as far as like, like you said, it's just a very specific, like it's, it's almost kind of flat. You know what I mean? Like yeah. kind of like a flat paint, but it's not painted. I don't know what the hell it is inked or whatever, but yeah, it just, it, it literally feels like you're playing the cartoon. And that was also just the biggest surprise because most in the 90s every turtle iteration was kind of its own thing you know what i mean like the video game turtles were their own turtles the cartoon turtles were their own turtles and they would borrow elements and stuff like that but this felt like it was the cartoon in video game form yeah it was all out like dedicated to being the 87 cartoon which that also surprised me too because you know all like you said the vintage games you play Turtles in Time, it's like it's got some stuff from the cartoon, some stuff from the like Archie comics, some from Mirage, some from this, some from that, some from the movies and stuff. And yeah. uh, Secret of the Use found its way into everything. But right. uh, yeah, it's just, it's crazy. I mean, I saw that from the, the marketing. I could kind of tell like, okay, this is just 87. And uh, I remember I was talking with uh, another friend, a younger friend, but he, you know, he likes Turtles. But he was like, oh man, I can't wait for them to add more playable characters. I want like alapex the fox girl from idw and all this stuff i'm like dude dude like it's clearly just the that's not the route they would go ever (laughs) alapex is gonna be i mean the latest of dlcs of it ever (laughs) like even if they were gonna branch out from the cartoon they'd probably just do mirage comics or they'd do like the the 90 movie or something like or the 2003 cartoon maybe but they are not going to do like 
obscure idw character <laughs> no and we've already seen with the tune line like they have a deep enough roster to where they could pull characters forever yeah. if they wanted to do that and since we don't really have like a specific order to go in anything right here i feel like that's like something i kind of want to touch on I, i'm very surprised that we haven't gotten any dlc with it unless they're already in the works on a second game and they're like all right we're not going to use this content as dlc we're just going to take it right to the second game because I feel like that would be the easiest way to get people to pick this up every month or so is to just add one new character every month. And I feel like that would make me want to get on and at least see how they played. And honestly, once I start playing this game, I forget how fun it is. And I just kind of yeah. want to keep going. Like I've never thought I would play a beat em up by myself and have as much fun as I did, but I've had a lot of fun just playing on there by myself. Yeah, it's, it is surprising. It's usually a beat em up. The thing that keeps it entertaining is you're there with friends and you're all screaming and having a great yep. time and stuff. When you're playing it by yourself, it's like the episode of Simpsons where like Homer's not drinking anymore and he tries to watch baseball and he's like, well, I never noticed how boring this game is. <laughs> it's kind of like that. You notice like, oh, I'm just pressing A over and over again or something. Yep. Like you notice like how simple it is when you don't have friends around. But this game, there's so many like crazy combos you can do and like special yep. moves and stuff and even stuff by accident. I remember uh, Splinter being Splinter. There's an episode. There's a level in Dimension X where you go diagonally up and then you go forward again. Mm -hmm. And there's a corner where there's those little like crawling robots. There's a corner if you just keep mashing attack with Splinter. I found it by mistake the first time I was playing it, and then I found it again by mistake playing it another time. If you just keep mashing attack, you can get an infinite hit combo there. There's a like, couple corners like that because I hit my first one. Um, I can't remember what level it was in, but I had a mouser pinned up in a corner and I could have just went all day with it. <laughs> For me, it seems like it's only Splinter who can do it in this spot though. Um, but yeah, you can just juggle. I got it to like, like 500 something and then I got bored and just let it go. But, <laughs> but yeah, cause I thought you were going to get like a crazy achievement for going over 500, but it's like, now it only cares if you go over like 100 or something. Or like, it, some Is there one of the levels? Is there just a general challenge that's get like a 250 streak or something like that? I feel like maybe, but yeah, you can go way beyond that, but that's like the, the, the maximum it expects from you is actually very easy to get. If you use one of those spots, Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just the gameplay is like if, for a beat em up where you're just walking around beating up the same guys over and over again, it has surprising depth to it. And the characters are just a lot of fun to play as. Like, I think we both said we were shocked how fun April O'Neil was. Yep. She's my favorite to play with now. That's why my most recent <laughs> playthrough, that's who I played the whole game with. And that was always my biggest nightmare. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be playing with six people and I'm going to get stuck with April. But I guess there's seven characters once you got Casey. I didn't know Casey was coming out right away. And she, I love playing with her. Like, she's so fast and quick in her diagonal up and diagonal down combos. Like, I mean, dude, you can just freaking, she's, I feel like I have the best combo luck with her. Like, to where I will just freaking keep, people going up and down across the screen the whole time like she just is a ton of fun and she's not even a turtle and that was like i said the biggest surprise to me is typically you'll play and you feel like you can tell like slight differences in the characters you're playing as but every single figure feel or every single character feels completely different that you play with yeah because yeah april's definitely her up her, her air attacks are so fun yeah. that combo where she kicks off yep. and knocks i love out. it man like it's, it is it's just so much fun <laughs> Yeah, there's even the turtles, there's so much variety between the turtles. Even like their running animations are different. All their animations are unique and like they're all good at different things. They have regular 
uh, different regular attacks, different super attacks. Like in the old games, they were all kind of the same with different yep. super attacks. That was basically it. So like so much love went into them. And yeah, for a while I was wondering like, where's the DLC? I, I want to get the, uh, the DLC. Like we need like Mondo Gecko. We need Muckman. We need like all these playable characters. Man, if right. they get Usagi, that'll be crazy. And I was expecting maybe either a sequel game or they're going to do like a second quest. And like, here's like, a, maybe not as many levels as the first one, but like, here's some more stages. And like, you know, he, he, now you fight some of the bad guys. Now you fight Granitor and you didn't fight before and stuff, but they kind of just did announce the next game this past week, but it's Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. It's not Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so so is it the same exact studio making it? It's the, I think I'm pretty sure it's the exact same studio okay. making it. It's it probably the exact very same similar, engine. so yeah, it's like the same engine. I think um, it looks a lot of fun. I'm not. I like Fox Crusaders. I'm not as devoted to it as I am Ninja Turtles, but it is cool. I do like uh, the guy Junkyard, the dog Junkyard dog. Yeah, his animations look so fun. Where he just like spins into a ball of spikes and stuff, yeah. and like it's so fluent. Like I think if I when, when I play that, I'm gonna pick that dude first. But they did the April thing too. They put Yvonne in the game, which is it's funny. Yeah. Like dude, which is actually I don't know if you know the trivia. Just to get off topic for a second, uh -uh. do you know April, the ravishing reporter figure for the Vintage Playmates, with only he had the combable hair. From the Is neck that what down, that figure from was it from Toxic Crusaders. Yeah, from the neck down, she was supposed to be Yvonne, the girlfriend of Toxie, but they uh. never the line didn't go on long enough for them to release Yvonne. So they just took her her body, pulled the head off, and put this April head on. And like, so like, I think people have made custom Yvonnes based on that. But <laughs> yeah, because Toxic Crusader line, I think only got like one or two waves. It didn't get yeah. very many waves, and that is like not to get too far off topic here, but. The line that I've always looked at from afar that I've been the most interested in because it's so similar to the Turtles. It came out around the same time. It was the same people doing the sculpts. I'm pretty sure it was Varner Studios. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's such a good other pick for a game like this. Like, I think it will do very well. I definitely don't think it'll do as, do as good as Turtles because Turtles just have so much more notoriety. But if it's half as fun as Turtles, I'll have a great time playing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm so surprised, again, not to get too, not to talk about Toxic Crusaders too long, but I mean, I love trauma. Trauma movies, they're they're freaking crazy. Um, but Toxic Crusaders is like, I'm so shocked what a huge resurgence it's had in recent years. Because like, it barely existed back in the day. It came out and bombed and died. And like, that's yeah. pretty much like all that happened. But now we're getting like a video game. We got the Super 7 Ultimates line going, yep. the Super 7 Reaction figures going. They They did like a, what was it, like a GoFundMe or something to finally release like the giant like Godzilla trash yep. monster toy that was from like there's so much Toxic Crusaders love all of a so, sudden. Dude, so on BBTS, it's this company called like Halloween something, and they're putting out a repro of the original Toxic Crusader figure. It looks exactly the really? same as the Playmates figure. Oh, I I loved that. That was the only one I owned. But I had Toxie, and he was so cool. Some of that color yeah. scheme with the neon orange. And... It was. That's what did it for me is exactly. That line <laughs> had the best colors. Like, all the figures are so bright and colorful. Like, that's just what I love about early 90s figures. That's why I like the later Playmates figures, because they're just obnoxiously bright. Like, that's what I like. Yeah. And I remember there was a time I was, because so I was in, like, a collector store. There was a younger guy there, and he he was big on collecting Toxic Crusaders. And I we were I think we we're talking about Super Seven. I was saying like, oh, I can't wait for them to do like Worm. And they're like, who's Worm? I don't know about Worm. And the guy 
looks him up. He's like, oh shit, this, this would go right with my Toxic Crusaders. Yeah. Like he looks like a Toxic. And the same with like Pizza pizza Face and stuff. Like those were basically Toxic Crusaders right. toys. And uh, Toxic Crusaders just goes right in with the vintage turtles. But anyway, back to Shredder's Revenge. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know if we're going to get DLC or a sequel anytime soon since they're they're doing the Toxie game now. So I, it might have just been one and done. I kind of hope they add a bit more to it. But regardless, even if they don't, it's still like, like you said, it's like one of the best games from recent years, in my opinion. Yeah. And I know yeah. I have a bias because, you know, I like turtles, but. Right. And I I still foresee a sequel coming because, I mean, the Toxic Crusader, clearly they have that engine and they want to use it. You know what I mean? It's an indie company. If they have these assets that they don't have to spend money on new assets, I could see it going. Even if they, it, it is another year. So I think that we'll go the sequel sequel route at this point. Um Probably. But kind of getting into the game itself. So the cool thing about this game is it doesn't just have the regular arcade mode. It has like the story mode too. So you can kind of play through things at your own pace and skip around and play the levels how you want to. That's where you can kind of level up your characters and stuff. And I feel bad because I played with my buddy Josh online the other day. And he thought we were just going to start a fresh game over. So he restarted his thing. And I was like, oh, can we actually just jump in on here? I only have like, I've played this many levels already. And can I finish this the rest of these for the podcast? And uh, so he had to start his character back at zero. So when you play online, your characters are only as high as the level you actually have them, which is kind of cool. You know what I mean? Because it actually does give you a purpose to level up all of your characters. Yeah, it does. Because I I remember that because, you know, as I was playing it the first time with my friend, we were just kind of like figuring out what was happening as we were going along where it's like, oh, okay, it said we leveled up and stuff, but then you switch your character and you're back to zero. It's like, oh, each character has to level yeah. up and stuff. And, like, you start to learn how it works. And, yeah, it, it does create a lot of replay value because, see, usually I, I have a problem with video games that require, like, grinding and leveling up and stuff because it's like you level up and level up and level up. It's like now I have the strongest party in the world, but you did everything in the game and it's done and you don't even yeah. want to look at it anymore. And like, no, like the, the sad truth is no one cares about your accomplishments, but you, right. But in this game, you can get them super maxed out and then play with a friend who's never played the game before and use your characters in the game and everything and get that new advantage and get that new experience. So th- there's more reason to, to replay this game because there's so much you can do with it. I can't think of another beat em up that has this much replayability. Again, I never played final fight four or anything, but it kind of, it's, I'm not going to say it's an RPG, but it has that element to where you are always progressing. You're always working on something and it never ends. Like just because you played through the game doesn't mean that part of the journey's over. So it, it is, like I said, that's why I think it's the most replayable beat em up ever because once you it max out one character, there's still other characters you need to do as well. So unless you're playing with other people all the time, it's going to take you a while to level up all the characters. Like I still think my Mikey isn't all the way leveled up and I don't think my Splinter's all the way leveled up right now. The level up system is cool too because it's not just you're leveling up for no reason. You'll get more health. You'll get more special bars you can fill up. And it, like I said, it's not just arbitrary levels. It gives you something along with those two. So you feel like you're rewarded as you go. Because yeah, a lot of games, especially RPGs, like you get to a point where you know, like in a Final Fantasy game or something, you reach a certain level and no enemy in the rest of the game is ever going to be able to touch you. Like, you're yeah. just like, 
So like any level ups you get after that don't matter. Like you can just like you can level all the way up to 99. It's like, yeah, but at 60, I'm unstoppable. So right. like it's uh I do like actually feeling like you're getting something tangible for every level up that you get. I will say though, I do think that is why we need like a second quest or maybe some more levels or something. That was there will come a point where if you replay it so many times, you will start to get bored of the same stages over and over again. I think, I think there's enough stages in the game where that's going to take a long time for that to happen. It hasn't happened for me, but I can see that happen happening after a while where like, there's just certain stages. You're just sick of looking at at some point. Uh, so like the first few levels I played through a million times because I was trying to get the achievements or just trying to like level up my Casey really fast. So I just kept playing through the first level a lot. Yeah. And, when I played through the second time, there have been some levels that I've only played through a couple times. And it's like, that's another awesome thing about it. It has 16 levels, I think, which is like, that's a pretty good amount of levels for a beat em up. And they're all pretty good length. Like they vary from, I think, I want to say the one where you fight Wingnut. That's probably one of the shorter ones. You can get through that in like under three minutes. I feel like it goes really fast. Yeah. Then, but I mean, like the, the longest levels been. are only like seven minutes. So, there's a lot to do, but you can play through it easily in a sitting. I'm going to say easily in a sitting. If you got nothing to do that afternoon, you can play through it in a sitting. But paced really well. There's a lot of levels. The levels aren't super redundant either. Like, for the most part, that was the other surprise. Is compared to all the other Turtles beat-em-ups, there's just so many more levels. And they just all have a good feel to it. And it doesn't ever feel repetitive. Yeah, you're fighting the same characters over and over but even that changes when you get to dimension x you start getting like the triceratons and the rock soldiers and stuff and they even give you a couple different varieties of those each which is nice wasn't just the regular triceraton and the regular rock soldier that's another cool thing is those guys were a lot tougher than the foot soldiers before them so the game kind of felt like it was progressing too like every level wasn't just the same difficulty it felt like it did get a little bit more difficult as you went on yeah for sure i think they definitely add a lot of like environmental hazards and stuff too yep but yeah i remember those triceraton guys with like the shield they're like they're beefy bastards yeah. <laughs> it didn't take a while to take down and actually we were talking about tempestra being a surprise zorax was a huge surprise also oh yeah uh, i was not expecting him to show up yeah there there is a, a it, it's crazy because in the old games they had what like seven levels in most of them maybe and by like the fifth level you're like all right this is getting kind of redundant yeah. This one has 16 levels and you never get bored. Like I finished it in one sitting the first night I played it also. It just, it keeps you hyped. There's always like these events going on. They're not like quick time events. They're like just something exciting happens. Like all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the turtle tenderizers driving around and attacking right. you and, or you're flying above the city fighting Wingnut with that rock and music playing and everything. And uh, even just like the end of the game is crazy. You fight like the statue of tyranny and right. <laughs> Krang's new body. And then you fight like shredder with the Wu-Tang clan playing in the background. Oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if we're talking about that right now, I'll talk about that. That might be the coolest song that's ever been in a video game ever. Like I will listen to that song when I'm warming up to work out. Like it is legitimately a badass song. <laughs> it's just crazy like it, it works too because you know it's a kind of an homage to like the fact that vanilla ice was in you know uh uh secret of the use and the original yep. movie had partners in crime and stuff it's like there's always been like 
famous rap stars. I'm not to, I know people will get mad if I compare Vanilla Ice to Rizzo <laughs> and stuff, but like, uh, or was it Rizzo? I think it was Ghostface Killer was actually the it one. Was who did it. Ghostface Killer and Raekwon. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Who it is. Regardless, if I if I compare anyone from Wu Tang to uh, Vanilla Ice, I think they're going to get <laughs> people mad. But yeah, like they always did get like big rappers to do songs for the turtles so it was pretty cool to do that and especially since wu-tang clan has always been obsessed with like martial arts and stuff for shredder right. exactly the perfect song. combo too that's the thing <laughs> even the lyrics i mean they're known for being lyricists in the first place but dude they're just so good man <laughs> like you could tell like they were probably like chomping at the bit to do this like they're like fuck yeah we want to do a turtle song <laughs> they probably were so and the it's crazy because you know wu-tang clan is just always seen as being so badass but it's like they're openly nerdy as hell also oh, yeah i mean their whole <laughs> shtick is around like old kung fu movies like yeah. that's their whole thing well that was like riz i think rizza did the soundtrack like a lot of the soundtrack to kill bill if i'm not mistaken oh really i don't even know if i knew that i could be wrong but i think he did but yeah the, the game is just always exciting there's always just like crazy events going on crazy action going on like there's even like humor going on here and there just like crazy stuff and then there's all these songs and stuff like there's always something to like surprise you and keep you invested in the game where i think a lot of beat-em-ups back in the day there just came a point where it's like all right it's the same enemies it's just more of them and you just get a point where like you stop caring i remember there's a point in like streets of rage 2 where there's like there's like the fat guys with the red trucker hats who like bar like burp fire or whatever. <laughs> and there just becomes like a level in the park or somewhere. It's like, you're just finding like 50 of those dudes. It's like, dude, I'm sick of this guy. Like, can I just fight somebody else? Like, can something happen? Can like the place set on fire or something? Like nothing happens. Whereas this game is like, there's just crazy stuff happening every second of the game. Even between the levels, like the cutscenes are just, I mean, they're quick, they hit fast, but they're just done well, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's just so much attention to detail. Like you said, when you're playing a level, like the first one, for instance, you'll run into Bebop a couple times before you actually get to him at the end, and the Turtle Tenderizer shows up. One of the video games does that too, where the doesn't the vehicle drive through on one of the bridges? Am I remembering that right? Yeah, Manhattan Project, they do that. The, yeah. You fight Slash halfway through the stage, and Bebop's driving through, pissing you off through the stage. Then yep, you fight that's Bebop what it is, yeah. End. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like it kind of pays homage to that as well. For the record, I think the Turtle Tenderizer is my least favorite enemy to fight. I think it's the <laughs> biggest pain in the ass out of all of them. All the other ones, and that's kind of something we can get into that now too. The one negative about this game is I feel like the boss battles are too easy. And it's nice because the more people you play with, the more ramped up they get. But when you play through by yourself, it's surprisingly easy to beat the end bosses, like way easier than it should be. And I feel like that's probably my biggest criticism of the entire game is I think the end bosses are too easy in this. That's fair. I think there should have been like a map. We were saying it gets more difficult in Dimension X. I think there should have been a massive ramp up in difficulty in Dimension X. Yeah. Where like, the, like you said, the Triceratons are harder and stuff, but like, the bosses, I think Zorax was pretty hard because he has like the you know the, the shielding things and stuff. He could be kind of a pain in the ass, but I, I feel like most of the bosses, like Slash, wasn't even really hard and stuff. Like a lot of the, the bosses later in the game aren't really hard. And then yeah, like the the Krang and Shredder, you fight you know multiple Shredders. Like Super yep. Shredder's not hard, and like Super Shredder should be insane. Like he should be ridiculous. But yeah, they, it is a bit too easy. But I will say. We were saying there's been no DLC. There was a patch that came out, a DL, like a free DLC update, 
that came out, I think a couple months ago now, close to when we started the podcast, I think, where they added a whole new like menu of mode, like adjustments you could do, where you can oh. you can do settings to make it look like an old CRTV. You can make it where like every enemy you knock on the floor blows up, so you have to get out of their way before you, uh, you after you beat them. Um, they, they made it like you can like you deal way less damage. Like, like enemies have like double damage or something and stuff. And there's all okay, these settings. Well, yeah, well, Josh asked me what level I wanted to play on, and before I was like, I don't think I ever picked one. It seemed like so. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. That okay, that that might be a little bit food yeah, for thought on my next playthrough. Then they added a whole bunch of these like updates. And it's just the thing too is when you get all these level ups, the game gets easier and easier also. So I, I almost feel like I had more trouble early on with stuff with the, like the turtle tenderizer than I did with statue of tyranny and stuff. Cause like by that point you have like 50 uses of your special move and everything. Right. And it's like, so um, yeah, I do think it, it you're, you are right. It is a bit too easy. Uh, that is probably, you said you had a few complaints that might be my only complaint really is that it's a, a bit too easy. Um, but yeah, I haven't really messed around with the new settings they added, but it was a free patch and it's like a ton of new settings you can do to like really shake up the gameplay. So uh, they definitely are still, they definitely were aware that that was a, an issue and they're trying to fix it. So yeah, yeah that's cool to know then. I guess I'll, I'll look into that. My only other issue, and I, I don't even know if this is an issue, but I think it's kind of dumb that you can do like, the little taunt move to just fill up your power bar. I've never played online with like random people, but somebody said pretty much what everybody does. They'll just charge that up three times, move to the next screen, clear it, charge it up three times, move to the next screen, clear. It. And that just does not sound fun to me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. That just doesn't seem like a fun way to play that game. If I remember correctly, I could be wrong. I thought, I thought you could only charge one at a time with that. I, oh, I, I don't know. Cause I never even do it. So i'll do it like i think i did try it once to do it multiple times and they like it would just go up once okay. but even I, I'll, I'll usually do it just get one but um it is cheesy it, it is like you should have to actually fight to build that up instead because then it's like yeah you clear a screen you you have all the time in the world to just do your little ditty and, and get like you know extra uh, get extra super moves and the super moves are overpowered as hell so yeah my the go-to is just the first one you get typically the one where you're just in your stationary stationary position on the ground but some of the ground pound ones work on the end bosses a little bit better i feel like oh yeah yeah i never use the ground pound ones too much i usually use the stationary ones yeah yes again that's definitely like, the best for clearing a room because they have a really good spread on them yeah, again, I really liked April's where she just like you spit, she spins around yeah. with like the microphone. And you just take because you can move her around and kind of like take out multiple hordes and stuff. Yeah, I guess that is a valid complaint. That, that is kind of cheesy that they let you do that. That you, you can just stay there as long as you want, charging it up and then just go to the next screen, kill everyone with it, charge it up. And because <laughs> again, because at the end of the day, it's not that high. I mean, I've never game overed in this game before, you know what I mean? I've died yeah. a couple times, but I've never game overed before in this game. The, the, the nice thing about that, though, is I played with Lacey's niece and nephew, you know what I mean? And they could actually hang and play. So that was the nice thing, is it really is a good game for all ages to where, I mean, you used to play a beat em up when we were kids, and I mean, that shit would just piss you off. You know what I mean? To where I don't think kids have the patience to play games like that these days because they didn't grow up with NES hard. So I, I think that is or how I can kind of forgive that a little bit is to get kids on board today. 
it can't be NES hard to get him involved. Yeah, I mean, you give a kid NES Double Dragon, and in like five minutes, they're going to be like, give me something else. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, that is definitely a plus, I think, that you know more people can play it. That's why I'm glad they added the options to make it harder, because I'm at a weird, but most of my life, I always said I wanted games to be harder. I was like pro Team NES, and I still am. I still believe that they should challenge you. It shouldn't just be like a walk through the park, and then you just move on, forget you even played a game. Like, it should... It should get your, your your blood going a little bit, you know. Yeah. You should, it should get you like determined to beat it. But then I also find now that I'm older, when I play games that are too hard, I I finally downloaded Mega Man 11, uh, like this past year, and oh, nice. uh, it's been out for a while, but I just I hadn't played. I finally downloaded it, and it's like just brutal difficult. And I just found like every stage, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like I don't even care anymore. And so, Hold on. So, <laughs> okay. So if you start off on Block Man. His level is by far the hardest level, and it pissed me off so bad because he's, <laughs> in order-wise, the first one you want to beat. And I'm like, dude, it is taking me forever to beat this first level. And after I finally beat that level, I breezed through the rest of the game, I feel like. Oh, really? Yeah. I, and also, I, I only made it to one character. I think it was Acid Man. Okay. I, that's, that's the only boss I made it to. I couldn't even make it to any other bosses. I only played it one night. Like, I wasn't... You know, try. I try each it level. It takes some adjustment. Time. It plays different than other Mega Man games. Like it took me a while to get used to, for sure. I was very frustrated with it at first. Yeah, I was just kind of like noticing. Like I, I, don't, I guess I don't have tolerance for new hard games. <laughs> I was like, I used to love. I would have sunk my teeth into this shit back like just ten years ago. I would have been like, all right, it's on, and just like would have started getting into it. But now I'm like, you know what? I'll do something else. Like, <laughs> so uh, I still, I still believe games should be challenging, though. So, um. Yeah, I am glad they added all those options. And I am glad, though, that, like you said, all kids can get into it because we don't live in the 80s anymore. We don't live in the early 90s. Kids do not have to just play whatever games they get for Christmas. And stuff. I mean, like, it's never ending. You got freaking Xbox Game Pass. You have unlimited games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can play so much stuff on that. And it, it it's, it's kind of a double edged sword. Like I'm glad we grew up in the era that we did because. I don't know. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? I appreciate that you had to learn to love games. Like, every, like, what's your favorite game that you had when you were a kid that's just straight garbage? <laughs> so there's games I loved as a kid that were really hard, but I don't think they were straight garbage. I think they were just hard. Like Ninja Gaiden. I love Ninja Gaiden. Okay. Uh, there's got to be ones that are garbage, though. I mean, I didn't love it to death, but I'm going to be honest. I did love it. I did have, I rented it. I did enjoy it. Ghosts and Goblins is a bad game. Oh, you know, I've never even played it because everybody says it's brutally hard. So it's not even one I want to try to pick up now. It's like I'm nostalgic for it and I've made it to like the final level. Well, they make you play the game twice. So I guess technically not, but I've made it to the final level. But it's like there's challenging hard that you can like, you can get good at it and beat it. And then there's just unfair, obnoxious, partially luck based hard and that's all that game is and it it, it just comes to a point where it is not fun i'm like i can't defend this game i grew up with it it's part of my childhood but this game sucks (laughs) like i'm sorry like i'm I'm finding so many more flaws and complaining about so much more than i'm enjoying so at the end of the day it's like i guess it's a bad game (laughs) yeah and for me it's like the simpsons games like bart versus the aliens or, versus, or the space mutants what is that i can't even think of what space it is right mutants, now yeah yeah bart versus the space mutants then bart versus the world like i loved those games when i was a kid just because they were simpsons but those games suck you know what i mean like they're yeah. not good video games i've played bart versus the world and that is 
that's rough <laughs> dude i just have trauma of that one level where you're in like the ice cavern and you have to platform on these little baby platforms oh it is not precise like it is not precise at all and it drove me nuts as i was a kid or when i was the a way kid. you the way you jump too is so weird you have to like run and jump at the same time and yeah. like he he's like really momentum heavy like you got to turn him around in the air but he goes flying backwards right and- the, the stage I never could beat is the level after that one where you're on the ice, the little iceberg thing, and you're jumping on it to make it move in the water. Oh, yeah. And when it, at some point, it collides with another one, and you got to jump. Yeah, you got to jump one. before it collides. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't do that. Like, it's just every time I've tried to do that, I just die. And they have those slide puzzles with like, the images you got to do. It's like, there's so much stuff. So that's how where I learned to do puzzles like that. And that's, again, what I really loved about that game is that mini game crap. I loved all that oh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they had all the ones. There was like the one with the igloos with like Maggie's and the yep. igloo or whatever. <laughs> yep, the old five card, three card Monty. <laughs> yeah. And they had the Mario 3 one too, where you like match up the characters' faces on the backs of cards. Yep. They had like all the cards laid out. You got to flip them over and find both the Ned Flanders and stuff. And and see, so even out of a terrible game, we still have these good memories. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I'm thankful about. But kids today, they have it a lot easier. And this game. I don't know. It's it's for a modern game. Like I said, I can't believe how good it is for a beat em up, especially this day and age. I mean, the beat em up genre seems to be one that's. I mean, what else is even going on in the beat em up genre other than this game? I couldn't tell you another beat em up that I've played in God knows how long. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I personally thought it was a genre that was dead because I remember there was there was the Scott Pilgrim one that came okay. out that that was like really popular. But I mean, that's going back to like what two thousand nine now or something when that came out so that that's old at this point but that's like the most recent one i can remember everyone's like oh it's like a classic game but better and everything and i mean when that's the most recent one i can think of that means the genre is probably not doing too great so right. oh well, there was a double dragon neon that came out and like somewhere in the 2010s but uh way forward did that way forward they did contra 4 and all that stuff too boy and his blob remake and stuff but but yeah the they i didn't think these were a thing that still happened oh i stand corrected they just made a new streets of rage two years ago okay yep <laughs> another thing i don't even think we've touched on yet is just the art style that they went with the 16 bit instead of trying to make it like hyper modern and real, which also just added a shitload of charm to the game because it does a great job of looking 16 bit, but like crisp and cartoony at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of like the perfect blend of like the Turtles in Time art style and the actual art style of the cartoon show. Yeah. It's like the, the marriage of the two. And uh, it definitely has like a stylization. Everything's like kind of like cuter than it looks uh, than it looked in the past. Like everyone's like you got, you got a little bit of a bigger head and everything. Everything's a little cutesy. And but, this is where um, our gorgeous looking Rat King came from as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've seen the hairstyle is like the same. Yeah, it, it works in the context of that game. It, it doesn't work for a recreation of the, yeah. the classic you know figure, but. Yeah, the art style is real. It's really clean. It's really crisp. It looks really nice. Just like the, it, this sounds like such generic compliment, like some such generic compliments. But it's like the colors are so freaking vibrant and just yeah. beautiful and awesome looking. They're soft and muted when they need to be, and then they're like bright and aggressive when they need to be. Right. They're just awesome and. It, it just like you said early on. It just feels like you're actually playing the '87 cartoon show especially with those like in between cutscenes and stuff. And I mean, like there's 
there's probably like a little bit of like an anime edge added to like April's design a little bit like in her face. She's like a little more like anime-ish, I yeah. guess, than she was in the cartoon. But it works for those like really, you know, expressive one shot like pictures and stuff. Uh, the Internet loved the the one where she's like pointing because that was like every thumbnail about Trevor's right. Revenge was just her pointing at like the name of the video and stuff. But yeah, the it looks beautiful, that game. And I really like that, you know, when you play uh, Manhattan Project, you play guys like Raz Arntoka and they have these like weird inflated heads like they have these like big balloon heads and stuff but then they have these little bodies because you know the nes couldn't move around too many sprites at right. one like too many so now you get like bebop and rocksteady and stuff they're like these huge hulking like chunky dudes in this game and it just makes the bosses feel a lot more intimidating when they're all so big and massive and hulking and stuff in this game which they weren't able to do in the old consoles yeah, so that's what I really like about the Tempestra fight is she's on the screen, you have Toka and Razar on the screen, and then when you're playing with people, like, there's just so much going on there, and it's just... Okay, so that might be a situation where I feel like that Toka and, Ra... or Toka and Razar, they might even be based a little bit more off Secret of the Ooze than the actual animated series appearance. I feel like that might be the one caveat where I feel like they look a little bit more movie-inspired than they do look animated series inspired now that i think about it but I that's where so. most people think about them from as being from in general and technically they're holograms anyway it's not even really toka and yeah. Razar. I, I it is very 90s though that i think it's toka he like burps like putrid gas yep, they burp the, 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 the poison smoke <laughs> that's like straight out of the 90s like right? the kind of stuff you'd see back then it, it was ingenious though to put Tempestra in the video game. I have a video game. Well, exactly. Video I mean, game. it's such low hanging fruit now that you think about it. And you fight her in an arcade and stuff like that. Like she's the yeah. most video game character you could probably put in. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if they never would have put Tempestra in a game back in the nineties and stuff, like they would have just said, like, okay, take the the hottest selling toy characters and put them in the in the game, and that's really it. Whereas, like now, they're like thinking about it they're like okay we can do whatever we want why would tempestra not be in a video exactly game? And, and again like look how stoked we were that they included her and you can tell like this was beyond because whenever you see someone with the turtles you're like all right they got the turtles franchise it's gonna be a money grab like who knows how it's gonna be but you could tell the people that worked on this game they loved the 87 cartoon and they loved the original video games and it really does come out in that and for an indie studio to pull this off too, again, I don't even know what the studio's name is that did this. Like it was just a perfect storm. Like I, I, I know I had my couple complaints, but I really couldn't be much happier with how this game turned out and how fun it actually is. Yeah, me too. It, it, the only, I guess the biggest complaint I could have is like, why the hell did this have to come out when I was in my thirties? Where was this game right. when I was like 10? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it really is perfect. It's crazy to think that in my 30s, the, the, the 87 cartoon is still getting this much love and getting like, you know, we have the NECA line going right now, the greatest toy line based on this cartoon series right. ever. We have the greatest video game based on this cartoon uh, show ever. So it's like, it's just, uh, not to take us back to the first episode of the podcast, but it's really just a testament to like how much that show resonated with us kids at the time and like how much it meant to us that like, these game developers and stuff are still just diehard fans of that cartoon. And you can like see it in their product that like they just have so much love for that cartoon. And like you can tell when they were told this is the project they were able to make, 
they probably all got super excited. They oh, yeah. were probably like all coming up with ideas. Characters they pulled out. Tempestra, again, we keep coming back to her, but it is just one to where it's like, you really would have had to have loved the cartoon to throw Tempestra in there. Like you didn't just go with the usual subject, or the usual suspects. You went with the deep cuts and even like Wingnut is a nice surprise. And he was, they used him in the perfect level. They used him in that flying level. And another one of those little like, hidden gems from the game when you start the next level after wingnut he's like stuck in the ground upside down <laughs> after you beat him like just little things like that like just to kind of connect the levels together in yeah so the wingnut level two i want to talk about that for a minute because that's probably one of my favorite ones i love it when you're coming around and you go through those clouds and you come yeah. up on a different angle on the statue of liberty like in the song that plays in that level, that's probably my second favorite song in the game too. Like that song is fucking rad as shit. Like it is. it's one of the only other songs that has lyrics in it. I'm pretty sure, but it's just so good. Like that level really gets me pumped up. I think the Turtle Tenderizer level has a, like a lyrical song also. I think there's three. Okay. But yeah, that song that that song it sounds like it was recorded in like the late 80s. Like it sounds yeah, that's like that's what like I love about there. it. Like. Because again, you, you we just pretty much had like what is the um, like eight bit and sixteen music called? What is it called when it's like uh, that? Chip tunes. Yeah, chip tunes. Like, so that's pretty much all we got in the video game. So the arcade cabinet it plays the one song from uh, oh, Pizza Power. Yeah, yep, Pizza Power <laughs> plays that. And like even hearing that coming through there was kind of weird to me because I forgot that that's what the actual cabinet did. Yeah, because it was all just chip tunes and stuff that we got. So this soundtrack like it's right on par with how good the game is. Like it, it had just as much love and nostalgia put into it, but it's like modern, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't, Yeah. it's just everything in this game just comes together and works together so well. Like, I don't know. The more I talk about it, like the more I feel like, like the happier I do feel about the game pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, I'm, if you're an old school turtles fan, especially like us, like it's, it's a, an easy like win. It's, it's like, we are going oh, yeah. to love it. It's designed for you to love it. But I think the other thing that's really cool about it, you know, I was speaking to some younger fans who like, they grew up with like the 2003 cartoon or something as their turtles. They're still all loving this, this game. And the game's actually getting a lot of them into the, the, the 87 cartoon. I, I'm noticing with younger crowds now, younger crowds all now know who like ground chuck and dirtbag are and stuff yeah. and it's that's insane because most people my age don't know who the hell ground chuck and dirtbag right. are so it's just crazy to see that like 87 turtles is still it's still got life like there's still young generations getting super into that and stuff like this is really like why i think it kids are getting into it you made a great game it doesn't matter if it's just, it doesn't need to be nostalgia, I guess, it, to be a great game. That adds to it, but you can still just get into it. And it's so fun and it's so vibrant and so energetic that a kid can play it and just feel how cool it is. And it just gets them interested, like, ooh, what's that? What's that? And stuff. And it drags you in and it just makes you actually a fan of Turtles, whether you were or not, because it's just such a fun game. Yeah. Cause like I said, um, Lacey's niece and nephew, like, they're seven and eight or eight and nine. I can't remember. And they have zero nostalgia to the turtles. Like they're not even into like a modern version of the turtles and they loved playing this game. Like 
they wanted to play it the next time I was with them too. Like they're just very into it because so our version of the turtles, 87 turtles, they're definitely like the silliest and the goofiest, but they're the, I mean, I don't even know. I'm sure they could be argued that they're the 2012 are also the funnest, but in my opinion, the 87 are the funnest. And that's just what makes this video game what it is. It's because it's fun. It's not serious. You know what I mean? Like it's not a hardcore beat em up like streets of rages. Like, it's fun and it's silly, and I think that's what draws kids is. I mean, if you made a beat em up with fucking SpongeBob, it probably would have done gangbusters 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I think fun sells, and especially beat em ups are meant to be fun. Like, that, like you said, just tying it kind of all back together. Like, they're games you played with your friends. That's what made them fun, is you're doing it with the people around you. Like, it's awesome that this has online multiplayer because clearly I wouldn't have been able to play with my buddy Josh, but like, there's just something about that couch co-op and just being together and playing a video game like that. Like, it's just, it it is greater than the video game itself. Because, yeah, I do have fun playing this on single player, but even just playing with one other person, it's awesome. And if you've ever played with four or more, it's just fucking chaos, too, on there. You know what I mean? Like, it is just anarchy on the screen. <laughs> I think I've played three is the most I've played. Okay. Um, but, yeah, yeah, really, it is just a ton of fun. And, uh... The thing is, you mentioned uh, if they made a SpongeBob one, but the thing is, it's not even so much just the fact because the turtles are fun, but I think it's the fact that they got people making the game who understand the brand of fun that the turtles are, yeah. and they understand how to do that well. Because you know, just a year earlier, you had Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, which was like a yep. Smash Brothers ripoff, and I got it just because it had Ninja Turtle characters in it. Um, right. Which it never had Raph and Donnie, like our two favorites, but uh, it, it had Mike, Leo, Mike, Leo, April, and Shredder eventually was added. I didn't play as Shredder. He was in after I was done playing. <laughs> and I mean, no disrespect to the game. That game is not very good. I mean, it, there's it, a it's reason. Like, it's, I think it's already dead in the water now, isn't it? Oh, it's been dead since like two months after it came out. Okay, like gotcha. It, it was... Then, like, there was the Warner Brothers one, Multiverses, and now that's even dead, kind of. Like, yeah. they're still updating it, but nobody cares, really. On the, no offense. If you care, that's fine. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of like they they put the Turtles in there. They were doing the 87 one, and, you know, they put, like, Mondo Gecko in the background of a stage skateboarding, and they, they tried to, like, make the music sound like the classic one. But that's a case where, like, they didn't quite get the recipe right, where, yeah. like, you could see, okay, like, you like the Turtles. You get it, but there's just something special about the way Shredder's Revenge was done. Like they not only get the turtles, they get the turtles games. They get the 87 cartoon. They get what makes those great. They get how, how to modernize that and innovate it and bring everybody into this property. Whereas all-star brawl is like, okay, if you're like a guy in his thirties, like me, you'll play and be like, Oh cool. Leonardo. And then you'll turn the game off. So there's not much else to it. And uh, actually just a side note, I just want to throw in that. I th- found hilarious. So in all-star brawl, you could they like had a little section that was like the gallery and they had like a render they did like a cg render of mondo gecko and i remember looking at it that you can see on his wrist it's like dark there's a dark green part in the back like the cell shading on the neca figures they just posed the neca figure and then drew it they just like made a 3d model looking Weird. at the neca figure and they didn't realize that that was shading Shade, they cell shading yeah so I was looking at them like I know what they looked at when they made that. They looked at the Nika <laughs> figures. So. But yeah, the Shredder's Revenge was that's the one thing I want to say, actually. I'm jumping all over the place. But the one thing that makes me think there will be DLC is we saw 
tons of villains. Uh, we got a ton of, you know, they did so much with the turtles and, and April and all that. They were, you know, done brilliantly. And then there was like mostly non-fighter kinds of characters uh, in there, like the Channel 6 news team. And you could argue that the neutrinos are fighters, but, you know, they're not the most exciting. But there's no trace of like Mondo Gecko. There's no trace of like Usagi or any of those characters. It almost makes it seem like they, like, even if they were planning it or not, they were putting it on the table. Like we could always add more playable characters. Yeah. With the Toxic Crusaders game coming out, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. But I think they're saving some stuff. I, I think you're right. I think there was things that were held back because. If they went that deep on the villains, you know they were just as excited. Because I think that's why they threw all those good guys in as just like those little pit stop areas. Because they wanted to use them. And I I, I think they have more plans for this. If it's not a number two, if it's not DLC, it's, it's going to be something. I think where this game is going to have a future. Because why would you not? It did so well. Everybody was so hyped on it. Why would you not want to recapitalize on it? Yeah, exactly. It was even nominated for like several game awards this year and stuff. Well, I believe like, like it, it did really well. It got a lot of like critical praise and audience praise. Like everyone kind of agreed it was a great game. Yeah. So it was. I, I mean, nostalgia aside, I mean, it's 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 a banger. Like it's got to be top three most fun co-op games that I've played in a long time for sure. Oh, definitely. That's something I actually miss a lot because I'm not into like shooters too much and stuff like i'm not into a lot of like modern types of games so outside of those it seems like co-op is not really a big thing everything's competitive you know like if i play with my friends at smash or mario kart or something where like you want the other person to die a miserable death yep. and um i kind of miss co-op games i was I always think like man, man i wish i could just play contra with somebody or something so right. it's like it's nice to have like a fun retro style co-op game. I know there's probably tons on the indie market that I don't know about. Well, I mean, even know. just like the, the game that gets the most hate on the switch is the port of uh super Mario brothers. Um, you, whatever, like the regular 2d one is. Oh yeah. Like, I love playing that game with Lacey. We play it all the time because you can play co-op together on the same screen and stuff like that. And you're right. It is just nice playing a non-competitive game with a friend to where you're not at each other's throats or <laughs> tensions aren't super high. Yeah. You're not embarrassing yourself. You're losing and flipping out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's nice. It's like you have like a common enemy with them. Like you can both hate the game when it's being an asshole yeah. together and stuff. And uh, yeah, I missed that. Cause that was really big on like the NES and stuff. I remember like as a little kid, me and my brother playing games a lot together where it's like, you know, stuff like Contra and life force right. and all battle. Contra is the biggest. Cause I feel like Contra is the one because, like, Mario, you had to take turns. But Contra, you both played together on the same screen. And I think that's where most of my best memories come from of playing Contra is with my buddy Brad Pete playing with him. Like, And he had a game genie so he could play all the cheats. And I love playing <laughs> nice. at his house. So, <laughs> and again, that's what the original Turtle beat-em-ups are for me, too. I love playing them with my buddy Josh. Like, that's where the majority of my memories of those games come from is playing them with someone else. And it... I hope we get something like that. I, I, my hopes are very high that we get a sequel because there just isn't enough stuff like this. Like you said, like I just named Mario and stuff like that, but there just really isn't enough of kinds of games like this anymore. Yeah. There, yeah, there definitely isn't. And I feel like a, a lot of that kind of game, because that was really big on the NES, you know, there was like all beat em ups and platformers and stuff had co-op, well, not all of them, but like a lot of them and space shooters and stuff. 
And then I think like fight the fighting game craze happened with Street Fighter 2, Mortal Kombat, yep. Primal Rage, and Killer Instinct, and Dark Stalkers, and all that stuff. And it was just all about destroy your friends. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and just from there, then the shooting, then like GoldenEye and stuff took off. And it just became all about destroy your friends. And it just seems like that whole like team thing is gone. Now it's like you do that online with complete strangers and like they're right. teammates. And I know you can do co-op with your friends and stuff too, but just that like simple kind of like, we're just going to play a platformer together or we're just going to play a beat em up together. It's just like, again, there's probably a ton of it on the indie market. I probably look like an asshole saying it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> people are going to be like, uh, excuse me, there's this game and that game. And I'm like, okay, I'm an asshole. But right, there is some. I mean, like there's Overcooked and stuff like that out there. Like there is yeah, games, I don't know what that is. But... Oh, you never played Overcooked? Oh, man, dude, no. it's a cooking game. Sounds stupid. Super fun. Play it with your brother. <laughs> play it with somebody. It is super fun. Oh, yeah? You I'll can probably download out, the yeah. first one for dirt cheap right now. Oh, I really? promise you guys will have a blast playing that game awesome then I'll have to, i definitely have to get that <laughs> yeah. yeah i just missed this kind of stuff and uh even turtles you know when the, the fighting game cra- craze happened turtles stopped making beat-em-ups and made fighting games yep. so, uh you know they even had like the turtle smash up thing in the 2000s where it was ripping off smash brothers and all right. and uh but yeah it's just nice to see this i definitely hope we get a sequel i definitely hope this is just like with this and the Cowabunga collection, I hope it's just a sign of things to come that like 87 turtles are here to stay and we're yeah. just going to keep getting stuff for them. So, I mean, if not, this was just a great year would have been last year would have been, it was just a great year yeah. for turtles video games. And I hope that's not the last thing we get like that. Yeah. 2022 was a good year for turtles. We knew there was a new movie coming on the way. We were getting all the coolest NECA figures. We got the best turtles video game ever. We got the turtles video game collection of all our old favorites Super 7 was still cool, <laughs> and uh, it was a great year for Turtles. I hope this isn't it. I hope 2023 is not the peak. <laughs> I hope not. All right, man. All right, Anything else? Any other thoughts? No, it just about wraps it up. I mean, I could probably talk about it a little more, but we talked about everything that really matters. So Yeah. Yeah, all right. Good episode, man. Well, take yeah. it easy, guys, and see you later. See you later, guys. Peace.